The Paunch Stevenson Show. PaunchStevenson.com. Episode 239. Monday, March 31st, 2014. This is The Paunch Stevenson Show. PaunchStevenson.com. Episode 239. I am Rob. You are Greg. That's me! <laughs> hey, it's me! Can you guess who I am? Uh, no. You can't guess me? <laughs> no. Give me a hint. Uh, 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 maybe you can guess me, too. Tom Brokaw? Well, I can get my own. Uh, I'm, no, they're from a local uh, radio show here in New York for many, many years. Don Imus? No, there's two guys. WPLJ. Oh, Scott and Todd. Scott and Todd. Oh, I don't listen to that. Come I on. know. Well, for people who don't know, Scott and Todd have been this like morning crew show for I don't know twenty five years or something, very long time. Right. And they're well known for uh, well, first of all, Scott Shannon is the one guy. And he's really old and has this very, like, he, he's even harder to understand than Don Imus. <laughs> and, and Opie and Anthony, they always make fun of him. Uh, I think in, in The Last Hurricane, there was this one clip they always play where uh, Scott Shannon was talking about something. And uh, I don't know, maybe this happened to him, but a tree fell on his house or something like that. or something. <laughs> So his reaction was... Hey, I, I, I'm slaying a little tree on my house. <laughs> okay. Well, tree on my house. You can't even understand this guy. The other guy, Todd Pettengill, who also did some stuff for WWF. Um, he he was the other guy, not quite as old, and um, he he had he kind of sa- he just sounded like an, a moron. <laughs> and and okay. his big thing was to do these really really stupid uh like phone calls where like he would prank call people right oh but they were ter- i mean it was so terrible it's like can you imagine being being you know being whatever and like some radio show prank calls you and and you here i mean just be like a regular person and and i'm gonna i'm gonna call you as todd pentengill all right hello Hey, uh, is this Joe? Yeah. Hey, hey, Joe, this is your, this is Bob. How's it going? Okay. Actually, this is Rob. What? No, that, that, my name is Bob. Your name is Joe, right? <laughs> no, it's Rob. What do you want? Is this a pizzeria? Yes. What do you want? Uh, do you want to order pizza? I'm going to order a pizza. All right. What kind? I want it with a lot of uh, cheese on it. Can you do that? You ever heard of cheese? <laughs> yes, we have cheese. That's perfectly normal. What How else? How much does that cost? Sixteen dollars. All right, take one. <laughs> this is ridiculous. And then he would hang up. That's so stupid. No jokes. No punchline. Nothing. Just him accosting people on the phone, sounding like a retard. <laughs> That's idiotic. Oh my god, that's so stupid. 
So imagine that guy and the other guy. How can you understand anything they're saying? You can't. I remember in sixth grade. Now, again, this is like 25 years ago. I remember in the, the midst of like the, the Gulf War, the Gulf War, the first one. Yeah. Operation Desert yeah. Shield, Desert Storm. Whatever. So those idiots did a parody song. Um, you remember the song uh, Blame It on the Rain? Yeah. I forget who actually did that. Millie Vanilli. What? Millie Vanilli. Really? Yeah. Blame it on the rain. Yes. That was Millie Vanilli? Famous, yes. Well, actually, it wasn't Millie Vanilli, but technically. Well, not technically, right, behind the scenes. but So they did this ridiculous song. I remember going, my mom dropping me off at school and it playing on the radio. It was Blame it on Hussein. Ah. Saddam so Hussein. Blame it on Hussein. Yeah, yeah. Idiot. Blame it on Hussein. And one of the one of the lines was uh, uh, they called him a, a damn Jew. What? I'm like you're calling Saddam, Saddam Hussein a Jew? That doesn't make any <laughs> sense. Why? He was firing so rockets at Jews. Right. Awful. Anyway, the reason I bring it up is they finally canceled the show. And uh, oh, so really? now, no, it, well, it's just the Todd Pettengill show. Oh, so it's even worse than it was before, and they stuck Scott Shannon onto like the oldie station. He's just a DJ. He's not retiring. Oh, what the hell is he gonna do? Radio guys stay around forever. What's uh, uh, Casey Kasem doing? Uh, he's just about dead. What? Yeah. No. Why? He's got like Alzheimer's or something. Really? Oh, oh man. He's just about out. Um, so anyway, the celebrity death I actually was going to bring up, um, was this guy, he was, uh, his name is Hal Douglas. Who's that? Hal Douglas. Well, he was a voiceover actor, and remember the other voiceover actor who died, uh, last year? Or no, actually, he died in 2008? Wow. Don, uh... LaFontaine, yes. Yeah, LaFontaine. Who the, was the, the the movie trailer guy? Yeah, he was the voice of God in a world. Yeah, use it right. So the, he was that guy, that movie trailer guy. But remember, there was the other one. There was like the 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 guy who did like the Disney stuff, like hey, and the comedies. Yeah, like, it's a new movie starring uh, Seth Rogen. <laughs> right. and, and, you know, and he so he was kind of the other guy, Hal the more Douglas, upbeat guy. Yes. Yeah, he was like the comedy uh, movie trailer guy versus the, you know, the suspense, drama, action right. movie trailer guy. So, um, Hal Douglas, he was born September the 1st, 1924. He died March 7th, 2014. He was 89. Hal Douglas. Wow. Hal Douglas. Never before has the reality of the ultimate sacrifice hit so close to home. At our house, he is the known soldier, and we're proud to know him. A 7th Heaven landmark event on the WB Monday. A story this big can only be told on the world's largest screens. An IMAX experience. 
Michael Jordan to the max. Up close, some heroes get even bigger. It's a Mother's Day, Mr. A. Did she say she was the mother of the baby? The Great Mother Hunt. Guest starring... Now get out! Carrie Fisher. The hunt begins on an all-new Nero Wolf. This is the true story of ordinary men made extraordinary by their bravery. Driven by pride. Did you ever say I'm not an American? Inspired by friendship. I've never served with a finer officer than you. The Lost Battalion. December 2nd on A&E. Derby contender, codename Buddha. Trainer, James Bond. Undercover until February when he began a winning streak. The Visa Triple Crown begins with the Kentucky Derby in two weeks on NBC. <laughs> two friends in love with the same woman, divided by an unjust war. I wish to resign my commission. Now, trust has become doubt, and the greatest adventure of their lives <laughs> is about to begin. Paramount Pictures and Miramax Films present Heath Ledger. I am responsible to my friend. Wes Bentley. Sit down. down. Kate Hudson. Just come back to me safely. In a story about honor. I will protect you. Friendship. All that matters to me now. And redemption. Four feathers. Paul Morse was marrying into the perfect family. Welcome to the club. What could possibly go wrong? I woke up this morning with a strange woman in my bed. That's awesome, man. What, what are you complaining about? MGM Pictures presents Jason Lee. When she finds out about this, he's going to call off the wedding. Bullseye! Julia Stiles. You've got the smell of fear all over you. It smells like cheese. In a comedy about how trying to do the right thing. We're guys. It's a guy thing. Can go so wrong. A guy thing. K-19 is ready to fulfill her mission. But in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. We're sitting on a pile of uranium. He was all that stood between the superpowers. I know. And total nuclear war. Harrison Ford. Our situation is desperate. Liam Neeson. No captain in the Soviet Navy has ever been faced with such decisions. Some men pray for miracles. I would rather die than abandon my men. Heroes fight for them. This 4th of July weekend, they're back in business. You're getting big. What would you been eating? Back in action. Back in black. Men in black. Two. Now this says, according to them, uh, no, nah, never mind. Didn't make so, sense. speaking of movies, and I, I brought up uh, Seth Rogen. Mm-hmm. Apparently, Seth Rogen and his uh, frequent collaborator Evan Goldberg. I think that's no. Is that his name? No. 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 What's his name? I don't know. Then how how can you say no? Because I just know. You are you sure that's I guarantee that's his name. Oh yeah, you're right. It's Evan Goldberg. Jesus. So, so those two apparently are writing this this console wars movie. Nah, it's gonna stink. That is essentially it, it's basically it's basically like the story of Sega. Yeah. Sega. <laughs> Sega. Yeah. So it's a story of Sega and uh, about how, you know, how, I guess, like, 
how they, you know, came up in the 80s and they, they went against Nintendo and then how they fell apart. So, uh, and ultimately lost comedy, ultimately lost the console war. Well, obviously the video game console war. Yeah. So I, I don't know if this is a, uh, you know, if it's going to be a comedy or what the deal is. Very strange. Now there's something now I, you've been sending me pictures lately. I got to send you this picture. Once I find it here. Okay. Yeah. Huh? Okay. Um, this was some tribute statue that they put up for Steve Jobs. <laughs> okay. I don't know if you've seen this no. statue. Huh? No, I haven't. I haven't seen it. Oh, my God. I mean, it, it is the most ridiculous looking. I mean, just, go, just Google Steve Jobs statue. All right. I mean, this thing is scary. <laughs> what the heck? Uh, why is it, it, it? It's not that well done. Well, I think the one you're looking at was was in Budapest. Yeah, it's in, it's in Hungary. Yes, but that that's the not the, that. Huh? Is that the one? No, that is not the crazy one. Though. It's like all stretched out or something. It's... Yeah, that's something else. I'm going to show you the one that they're going to put in the Apple headquarters. Oh, jeez. Okay. Because this one, and I don't know why I can't even, I can't even come up with it here. Uh, this one is even more insane than that one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what the heck is that? <laughs> it's like his head on top of a stick. <laughs> With a zero and a one and, and like an old-fashioned telephone receiver. What is oh, this? What this is? Somebody said it looks like something from Hellraiser. <laughs> <laughs> Just like a gun sticking out of it or something. What is uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> What does this have to do with anything? This one website, somebody tweeted, so Steve Jobs is really a T-1000 reprogrammed by John Connor sent back in time. It looks so stupid. It, it literally looks like something a first grader made. Somebody says it's Apple's new Pez dispenser. <laughs> and it looks like a coat rack. <laughs> it looks like like a child's craft project. It's uh, this long, it's like a long stick with Steve Jobs' head on top. And then just a zero sticking out of it and a one sticking out. And this other cra crap, I don't even know what that's supposed to be. <laughs> An old-fashioned phone receiver on one side and a gun on the other side. Uh, is that, that's a gun? I don't know. I don't know. It, lo it looks like a, uh, no, you know what it looks like? A lightsaber handle sticking out of the <laughs> other side. No, it looks like the handle of a sword. <laughs> but Why? Maybe it's a fencer. It's like, know. but that's it. That, that's your uh, tribute. This to... this looks like a like an old fashioned like nineteenth century coat rack <laughs> with Steve Jobs' head on the top of it. It's so amateur, and you know they paid probably like fifty million dollars. Oh, of course, for this thing. you know. Of course. Oh my God! This is so stupid. Come on! This is not. I hope art. that they put like a. 
a small replica of it at all the Apple stores so I can go there and take a picture with it. I thought you were going to say smash it with a baseball bat. <laughs> oh my god, that is that is horrendous. Come on, who made that? I can make something better than I that. I don't know. Come on. Come on. That's... Oh, uh, God. This is what I... Look, what I don't understand is... For years, ever since the beginning, ever since the Macintosh, 1984, Macintosh, Steve there Jobs... There goes another Apple rant. No, for, for two seconds. Steve Jobs and Apple have prided themselves on their on their clean, beautiful designs, like uh, the, the, right. the, the industrial design of their products. Yes, and simple to use. Right, simple, clean, beautiful sort of. looking... He said about the original iMac, it's like, I want something that's so beautiful and cool looking that people actually want to lick it. Yeah. And then, and this is the statue that they come up, this ugly, decrepit looking kindergarten craft project thing is what they come up with for his tribute? Yeah. It's so ugly. This is so not Apple at all. <laughs> it looks so stupid. <laughs> Both statues of him are terrible. Yeah. Oh my god. Like it's, it's it's actually kind of frightening looking. It is. It is frightening. It's like just cobbled together trash on a stick. Oh boy. That's stupid. That's just stupid. Oh well. That is stupid. So, all right. So <laughs> So that's out of the way. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> so stupid. As much as I hate Steve Jobs, I actually kind of feel bad for him now with the nah. statue. Real quick, uh movie news, I guess somewhat. Um I read that not only are they going to continue to do Indiana Jones with I guess Harrison Ford. Really? Well, again, Disney again, you know, they bought out Lucas. Mm. And they're gonna just—they're gonna run everything now. They gotta make their money back. Is Shia LaBeouf gonna be in it <laughs> as Mutt Jones? Did he retire or something? The deal is no, but I'm, I'm being serious. Is he going to be in it? I have not. No, it's it's it's. There's been no uh, rumor as of what it's going to include at all. You know, there's nothing. Yeah. And basically, all they said was that apparently uh, the 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 rumor was that uh, Harrison Ford had signed on for two more films, which was very really? surprising because I figured if they were ever going to do another one, they would just do one more with him, and then that's it, and then probably reboot it, you know, like everything else. But uh, as uh, even though many people are unhappy about the <laughs> the fact that they will continue to do the Indiana Jones movies. Uh, I'm looking forward to them. I still think that they can do them properly if, again, if A, George Lucas has almost nothing to do with it. Well, yeah. And B, Steven Spielberg has almost nothing to do with it. Yeah. Uh, He cannot be allowed to direct them anymore. He's terrible. Yeah. So, but wait, but I know you're a very big fan, but realistically, you don't think Harrison Ford has passed the threshold and looks too old now to, um, to be an action star? 
<laughs> I don't think so. No? All right. I don't think so. I mean, he's still okay. in pretty good shape. All right. Um, You know, I mean, part of the Indiana Jones, I mean, again, that people look at, there's a, the problem is people assume, they say, oh, he's too old. But when you look at Indiana Jones, I mean, other than, you know, Temple of Doom, he, he, I mean, yes, he did some crazy stunts in, in several of the movies. But beyond that, I mean, he, he didn't do anything else crazy that was really ridiculous other than like one big scene. Mm. All right. You know, so I think he could, he could definitely say stolen pretty good, you know, good shape and it'll be his hair. So, so it'll be believable still. Well, I think he'll be believable, but That's what the I mean, question yeah. is, you know, will the script be believable? You know, uh, the problem with Spielberg was his, when he did the fourth one, it was just too, there were too many in-jokes, too much tongue-in-cheek, uh, it just too much ridiculous, stupid CGI, and, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I just don't think that he really had his uh, heart in it, but we'll see. So moving on, uh, the uh, the you know we talked about this in the last episode. Uh, Ed Begley, yeah, is back. Yeah, that's right. So Ed Begley came back for the first time in I don't know four or five years to the New Jersey Garden State Green Fest, twenty fourteen Green Fest. So um, we knew he was going to be there, so we drove down there, and it was at Kane University in Union, New Jersey. And uh, basically it was in their college gymnasium. Yeah. And we went in there, sat down, you know, Ed was up there giving his uh, his speech, which uh, is pretty much the same speech he gave the (laughs) last time we saw him. Which was good. Yeah, you know, he gives his speech about, um, you know, doing what you can afford, you know, to uh, help the environment and, and that kind of thing. And, you know, and then he, he tells like some of his little stories about his electric car and um, some of the goofy things that he, he, he did. And he also talked about, um, he talked about how, I don't remember if he talked about this the last time, but he talked about how... Um, they came to his house to do a green audit. Right. Which is basically they, they come and, and, you know, see what kind of leaks you have in your insulation and Yeah, like any you know, drafts, any cracks, yeah. any any holes that that you know not, not obviously not like a giant hole in your wall, but just any, any little uh like cracks or, or whatever, drafts that they can plug up and seal up and, and really insulate the home even better. Yeah. Yeah, so he was joking about how he said, ah, oh, you know, I don't, I don't have any leaks. And uh, they came with all this equipment and they tested it out and apparently he was, you know, his house was like Swiss cheese. <laughs> even though he didn't even know it. He thought, I, I have all this insulation, I put up weather stripping yeah. and, they, and he thought he was Mr. Green over here. Yes. He and then this company comes in. And they're like, "Well, you got this hole in your attic, and your walls aren't fully insulated inside. We have these these like thermo scanners that can see inside your walls." And he's his like, oh. insulation in his attic is the insulation was made up of 
like chopped up denim pants. Which is actually very, very good insulation. Yeah. Believe it or not. I, because I saw on an episode of Bill well, I mean, Nye... you're wearing it. Huh? You're wearing them. I mean, yeah, yeah. bigger. But yeah, there was an episode of Bill Nye the Science Guy where he took... Uh, ah. uh, like the, the, the traditional fiberglass insulation and this new yeah. kind of like compacted denim insulation and and uh showed how the denim insulation actually worked better right so uh yeah so you know he gave his whole talk and um i'll see if we can play a couple of clips of that yeah um i i we also got video of it so i'll have to put it on youtube yeah um it was a little tough taping it because he doesn't stand still <laughs> but that's what a good speaker does. Right. He moves around and engages yeah, so the audience. Apparently, I don't even think he flew here this time. I think he, he apparently drove his hybrid 3000 miles to get here. Yep, cross country. So there yeah, you know, so there's Ed. So we wait until he's over obviously and and this time I had bought his Living with Ed book a couple of weeks ago. Um so to get him to sign it and you know, so he um, he finishes, and then he's standing around taking pictures. And apparently, there was some guy there that he knew on Twitter, and he interviewed him. And so we waited until they were finally done. And you know, Ed, being you know, you know, so so affable and and personable, he came over and gave us another interview for the yep. second time, I guess. Yeah, he just sat down on, in some folding chairs and right yeah. in the middle of the thing, and and uh, yeah, just sat with us for like ten minutes. Again, very very friendly yeah. and accommodating, and nicest celebrity anyone can ever meet. Oh, he really is. And then we were outside getting tacos or something at this truck. Yeah, <laughs> here comes Ed Begley. Yeah. <laughs> What did he, he got the... He didn't get anything. Oh, no, yeah, that's right. He wanted to get a drink, but... He he, said he, no, well, he, he asked them if they were, you know, how long they were going to be there, and they went back inside and then uh, didn't come back out. This is Rob from the Paunch Stevenson Show, and we are here once again with the legendary Ed Begley Jr. Welcome, and thank you so much for talking with us. My pleasure. It's good to be with you again. So we just... We just wanted to do a quick update. So last time we talked to you, you were... Uh, it was actually at a Green Fest with you and Ted Danson, the t two keynote speakers. Right. Um, and we asked you a bunch of questions. So that was 2008. Yeah, was that Liberty Park or where yes. we were? Yes. Yeah. yeah, Jersey City. Jersey City. So <laughs> how do you remember all this stuff? Now I remember. <laughs> you have a good memory. I, and Ted had a funny joke. He said, what I do, my contribution to the environment, is when I'm breezing past Ed, he's on yes. his bicycle, I'm in my limo, <laughs> I don't run him over. <laughs> right. <laughs> so since 2008, the past six years, have there been any developments or new technologies or, or things that people can do? Yeah. The, the good thing that's happened since 2008, people's awareness has been raised because of Tropical Storm Sandy. People go, well, maybe there are going to be more storms and more violent storms, and maybe there is something in this climate change matter. 
That's one side of it. The other side is it's gotten easy to get a home energy audit now. People want to do that sort of thing going, hey, let me at least get a diagnosis of the patient to see how my house is faring. I'm not sure I can afford to do any of the treatments the patient needs right now, but wh what is the state of health in my building, my home or office building? And you do that, and many utilities wisely, wonderfully give it to you for free or for very little, get that home energy audit, then you're armed with the information to know what you have to do and in what order due to the do the cheap stuff first. That's what I did. Um, so if I get the home, first of all, how long does that take usually? Oh, it just takes a few hours of one day. It shouldn't take a whole day even. Okay, so when they do that, they'll tell me, well, like like how you were talking in your speech just now, how they'll, they'll, they can find leaks or holes yeah. or, or that kind of thing, and they do the ducts and all that. Yeah, they give you a printout of all the different tests that they've done, what they mean, and most importantly, how you can fix the stuff, and it, they break it down like a Chinese menu, column A, <laughs> column B, column C, most of them do. You know, appetizers, you know, main courses, dessert. You know, you've got uh, different ways to do things. Or more specifically, low-hanging fruit, medium-hanging fruit, the stuff at the top of the tree that's kind of harder to do, you know, that's more expensive, like a solar array or replacing your heating and air unit. Right. Um, a more maybe difficult question to answer, but you've been doing this longer than we have, than Greg and I. So why, I just feel like in our society, maybe it's just an American thing, but do you know why for years people who care about, I want to conserve and I want to do things to protect our environment and be healthy and why is that seen as as weak or like you know look at the little weak you know pansy caring about the environment the tree hugger why is there that attitude well i think there's part of our brain that is quite reasonable and logical but then there's another part of our brain that our brain that has to do with survival our reptilian brain or call it what you will it goes i just want to get through today you know darwinian you know principles uh, survival of the fittest I just got to get through winter, so I'll burn whatever I need to burn. And that's, you know, what many of us have done over the years. We're all guilty of it. That's what they did in the former Soviet Union. They did whatever they had to do just to keep the lights on and to keep industry flowing. So they polluted a lot of their waterways. They didn't have a Clean Water Act. They did it in Poland. They did it in Russia. They did it all throughout the former Soviet Republic. So that's the kind of stuff that we in our ignorance did years before that too. We kind of wised up after the Cuyahoga River caught fire and Richard Nixon signed the Clean Water Act reluctantly, but he finally signed it. He signed the Clean Air Act less reluctantly. So we've made great progress because of that visionary uh, status that a lot of people had and legislators who, for whatever reasons, good or bad, felt compelled to do something. But it's human nature to put off. It's human nature not to want to change because this is kind of working fine now. I'm sitting here in this arena with you and everything's fine. I ate today and I got clothes on. What's the problem? What's the problem with climate change? We're sitting here and everything's fine. Right. Well, you can see in the distance, there's a little bit of fog, but it looks like a cliff up ahead. And the, any reasonable person would put on the brakes. Now that we've hit 400 parts per million, there's too many people in this fog going to us. I live here. This is dangerous. Slow down. Right. I know I'm an expert. The experts being the Nobel laureates and the scientists who agree there's a problem. Those are the people who know the area, know the terrain, are saying, slow down, take your foot off the gas. And that's what we need to do. And we think we're going to perish if we do that, because we've always had our foot on the gas. But there's a life without going full speed ahead. We could, you can still move forward, but you don't want to head for a cliff.
You want to, in fact, move the wheel in a different direction. I agree. So what about, so if here in America we are perfect and we get rid of all our eco problems, what about what they're doing in China or Russia or India? Doesn't that just Our cancel us out? will not be enough. If that's the way it goes down, they go, I don't care what you're doing in America. We're just still going to pollute. They might do that for a while, but I predict they will not do it for long. Why? Because one of the reasons they're saying they're not going to do it is because we won't do it. We won't commit to any you know, standards for climate change. Well, why would we sign it? America, with all you, built your Brooklyn Bridge with high sulfur coal and the Empire State Building with same, and now you don't even want to commit to this and you use much more than we do? I'm never signing it. If we really do it, we would either guide them or shame them into doing the right thing, and they will see the problems. The problems will become real enough. Everybody will go, hey, we got enough coastal communities. We have to do something so we don't spend billions more on that. Right. On relocating people from what are the people? Where are the people from Bangladesh going to go? You know, you, I don't think they're welcome today in Pakistan. Do you think they're going to be welcome when the, it's flooded there in Bangladesh? Right. Uh, it, it's going to be a real challenge, and there's going to be a lot of that. There'll be climate refugees, and uh, I think it's something we have to begin to plan for now. We've hit the unprecedented 400 parts per million of CO2 in the atmosphere, and I think that does not bode well for future climate outlooks for us and things like uh, coastal communities. We, we have some problems. Uh, my last question is, this is unrelated, but our fans would be angry if I didn't ask mm. it, but um, with the Arrested Development uh, Netflix... My favorite show, by the way. <laughs> our favorite show. It's an awesome show. Great show. Um, what was it like being... Uh, involved with that after so many years. Mitch Hurwitz is a genius. It's <laughs> simply stated, he's just a genius. Everybody thinks so. And then he surrounds himself, you know, uh, with Jason Bateman and Jeffrey Tambor and, you know, these brilliant people, Will Arnett. I mean, come on. The people that he has around him are just extraordinary. The kind of writers and directors. Paul Feig, the guy who did Bridesmaids, you know, directed a lot of the Arrested Development. He's a brilliant brilliant writer, brilliant mind. It all comes from his uh, original ideas, and then he has a team to help him with a bit of it, but he's an unprecedented unprecedented genius. I have to say, it's, again, y you must have the most magical, amazing agent in the world, because if I go on IMDb, or I, forget IMDb, if I'm just watching TV, you are, I, I think, in every single thing ever. I'm very lucky. You are literally in everything. At 64, I'm still working. I'm grateful for that. Can I ask real quick, how is your competition going with Bill Nye? Bill Nye. <laughs> you had to bring that name up. I was doing so good, and now you bring up Nye. We're sorry. <laughs> I guess you didn't vote for him on Dancing with the Stars, right? He's a great I voted for him. He's yeah. my dear friend and neighbor, and we have this wonderful rivalry that's gotten some attention for energy efficiency and I welcome That's it. Good. He's a great pal and he's really a good guy and a wonderful scientist. And thank you so much again. Thank you for having me. Big fans. Thank, thank you. you. So Ed Begley Jr., old friend of the Paunch Stevenson yes. show. And he remembered us. Sort of. <laughs> he did. Because this is the third time we've met him already, and just yes. in, in what six years, right? So every two years we 
meet and converse with Ed Begley Jr. Well, not exactly every two years. <laughs> I'm saying if you average it out. Yeah. Well, like I like we told him several years ago, if he's going to be in the area, we're going. Yeah. Unfortunately, there weren't too many other people. Yeah, you know, this that, green fest. that first time that we went in, in, uh, what was it, 2008? Yeah. PSCNG, Green Fest, um, Liberty Science Center. Yeah, it was in Jersey Park, City. In and Liberty it was, State Park, yeah. Yeah, and it was, um, there was a lot of people. There was a really good turnout. Ted Danson. Yeah, Ted Danson, Kevin Bacon, Daryl Hannah, uh, Ed Begley Jr. And then, I don't know, I just like year after year after year, ever since yeah, then, it's shrinking. gotten smaller and smaller and smaller. Well, you know, we were talking about this on the way home, and I said, you know, they're not going to get that many. Ve- I mean, they have a lot of vendors there, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But it's like, what's happened is in the, over the course of the last six years, is a lot of the products that you couldn't get in a regular store before that were quote-unquote green are now more pervasive. They're more easily accessible. I'll give an example. We had to get a new toilet seat. Yeah. Now, the the, the reason for the new toilet seat had nothing to do with a Kevin Smith type thing. I didn't sit on the <laughs> toilet and break it in half. No, no, are you sure? No. All right. The toilet is totally fine. So I get a new seat. So I went to the Home Depot... And, uh, you know, just pick one out. It was like 20 bucks. And it was made from recycled wood. Real wood toilet seat? And it was painted seat? white. Yeah, they have those. The previous one I had on there was wood. Really? You know, looked like wood and everything. Um, do you also have a wooden bicycle? I do not, no. I'm not that green. <laughs> so, uh... Yeah, so I was surprised. Like, oh, look at this recycled wood. Wow. Toilet seat. How much was it post-consumer? What the hell does that mean? <laughs> Nothing. Um, well, I was going to ask you, did you get the hard plastic toilet seat or the soft cushioned toilet seat? I got neither. You got neither. That's right. You got the wood. Uh, let me tell you something. Uh, and let me tell you, I am, I am without question very particular about my toilet seats. <laughs> you have to be. You're sitting on that damn thing every day. For like an hour. Well, not that long, but... I do. Uh, what, are you, what are you doing on there for an hour? I'm just waiting. You're like my father. <laughs> waiting for everything to come out. What? <laughs> this is because you all you eat is like tree bark and seaweed. No. And oh. beans. All right, here's here. Uh, l- let me explain. Eat some meat. Let me ex- no. Let me explain. <laughs> I don't know how. <laughs> whenever you say that, let me explain. The explanation is usually worse. So you know how most people probably go every day, uh, right? So I go usually like maybe like every other day. Or, I don't know if that's good. Which is fine. No, no, no. It's fine. It's totally normal. Sometimes it takes some more fiber. Sometimes even every three days. What? Listen, it's fine. It's. I'm telling you. It, it, I'm healthy. I'm telling you. 
The problem is because of that delay, there's more time for more stuff to build up. And it takes longer to empty everything out. That is, I'm telling you, that is not good. <laughs> well, that's my body. Gotta, gotta, go, there's this, there's this, fi- you ever eat those fiber one bars? I get, all I eat is fiber. That's the problem. It comes out like a, a mess. A mess? It's supposed to come out solid. I know, but because all I, the last time I was at the doctor, I got the physical. Oh, boy. The doctor gave me the number. He said, all your numbers are perfect. You're what perfect. Was it, was it, was it, was his name, my doctor, was his name Vinnie Bumbats? <laughs> no. It wasn't Dr. Vinnie Bumbats. Doctor... They give you a second opinion. Say you're ugly, too. It was Dr. Phil. Oh, boy. No, so I went to the doctor. said, all, all your numbers are great. You're perfectly healthy. And then I explained the bathroom situation to him. <laughs> and he said, you know how most people, uh, doctors have to say, you got to get more fiber. You're not having enough yeah. fiber. Water and fiber. fiber. Water and fiber. He said, for me, all I'm eating is water and fiber, and it's making it come out a mess. It's like just shooting out of me. What? <laughs> so he said, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm too good. So, but, you know, I don't eat meat, and I, I don't eat, like, cookies or anything, or uh, junk food, so it's it's fine. It's fine. Uh, it's just messy, that's all. You don't even eat chicken? No. What? No. Why? I just don't want it. Uh, I couldn't give up chicken. So half the time I'm in there is emptying everything out, and then the other half of the time is cleaning up the mess. Oh, but the What? What? It makes a mess. <laughs> what? <laughs> well, you are never... Let me tell you, the next time you come to my house, I'm locking the bathroom. You're not going in Well, there. I only do it at home. Obviously, you're, you're crapping once every six days. No, every two or three days. Oh, God. Right, the so, only time the only time I go in public, like at work or at a restaurant or something, is if I really can't hold it in and I can't wait till I get home. Otherwise, I just go at home. Uh, but anyway, so what, what were we so, talking yeah, about? Yeah, so I was talking about toilet seats. Right. Ed Begley Jr. Yeah. No, but just toilet seats in general. Um, I remember when I was a kid, my grandparents always had the soft toilet seat. The cushioned one. I hated that. Really? Hated it. Why? Because you would sink into the damn thing. <laughs> right. And then you, you were, even if you sat on it for a minute, you couldn't get off of it. <laughs> You're stuck. Yeah. And it would just like my legs would like always like immediately I would have my legs would go numb. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to stand up. I mean, it was just ridiculous. Oh, man. Hated those. And then forget about if it's in the summer and you're like all hot and sweaty. Oh Ugh, yeah, gross. Right, yeah, you get stuck to it. One time, I think my mom had them, and you know, we I I come running out from the pool, have to go to the bathroom, <laughs> and sitting on that damn thing. Oh, it was terrible, terrible. Those I hate. Can I tell I always... you something? Ugh. I have a trick. I'm gonna share this tip with. All the listeners of the Paunch Stevenson show. PaunchStevenson.com. So here's my trick. So I've pretty much, almost my whole life, 
have had the, just the regular hard plastic toilet seat. Right. Not a wood one, not a soft cushioned one, just the normal hard plastic. And in the winter, my problem has always been the house is a little chilly. Pull down my pants, have to go to the bathroom. I sit on this freezing cold hard plastic toilet uh. seat and I hate that. Does that does that happen to you? No. Your toilet seat doesn't get cold? No. What? I have a secret for that, too. All right, well, anyway, so my secret is I lift up the, the lid. You have the toilet seat still down. So before I pull down my pants, I sit on it for a minute, let it warm up for a minute, then I pull down my pants and sit on it, and it's nice and warm. Well, I in my bathroom, it's an electric heater, so I always keep it very, very, very... Uh, barely turned on. Yeah. Because otherwise it'd be freezing in there. Um, but yeah, I don't like the, um, the, the plastic ones are, eh. They're okay as long as they are the thick ones that are, like, flat. Yeah. I hate the ones that are, like, curved. Mm, I don't know if I've ever seen it. Oh, yeah, they have. They're curved, like, from the back forward. So, like, when you sit on them again... Oh, no, 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 no. Then you, you know, then I'm, I'm sitting on this stupid thing. I'm, I'm uh, Again, now my legs are old. <laughs> Falling asleep. Now, here's the thing. So, when we got one originally, I got it, brought it home. It wasn't big enough. Oh, boy. It wasn't long enough from... The opening was not long enough from the back to the front. So, yeah. I had to go and get another one. Right. Because I couldn't fit in it. Right. Couldn't help it. I gotta be able to fit. You know how some people, they have, like, the normal oval-shaped... Like, like if I'm looking at the toilet from above, like a top view, the normal oval-shaped, sort of, like, elongated toilet bowl. But then every once in a while, I would go to someone's... I would go to someone's house, and they would have... The not oval elongated toilet. They would just have the round toilet that's small. I hate them. That's, I that's hate like them. What we, I couldn't. I can't fit on them. I hate them. Can't fit. I need the elongated oval shaped toilet. Well, no, it's still round, but it's the opening. the The seat itself is is essentially round, but the opening is more elongated. That's what the one I had to get. Yeah, because I didn't fit. But I hate the soft ones. Hate them. <laughs> um, uh, oh, speaking... So speaking of... Um, uh, I don't know. I guess it's somewhat linking. Uh, Lady Gaga... Oh, jeez. ...was at the South by Southwest Festival. And as part of her performance, she had... Someone... This woman who is uh, identified as a... Uh, a um, a vomit artist. Ah, uh, wait. Is this like the 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 vomitorium? Almost. That so we basically, about? yeah. So this person, this woman, is an artist in the sense that she somehow must like drink paint. <laughs> what? And vomits it out onto a canvas, and that's essentially how she paints. First of all, that can't be healthy. <laughs> no. Second and of all, it's like projectile it's... vomit. Yeah. Second of all, it's disgusting. So anyway, Lady Gaga's doing this this concert or whatever show in this small venue and has this woman there. And at the end of the show, or maybe while she's singing, the woman is literally vomiting all over Lady Gaga's face. 
<laughs> while she's singing. So, th- so this is how desperate Lady Gaga is for for a shocking gimmick these days yeah. that she's has resorted to someone vomiting on her face. Eventually, she's just gonna have to kill somebody on stage. <laughs> just play the music. Well, it should just be terrible about the music. I, well, I know that's the thing. That, that's that's the problem. Is the music is terrible. Oh boy. Jeez. So you want to talk about some good music? Yes, please. I can talk about some good music. Mike Massey. <laughs> good music. Yeah, Mike Massey is is in the midst of a uh, a tournament, sort of like the NCAA tournament, the brackets. Okay. Uh, for his next uh, cover songs, so he's having uh, uh, cover songs. Voted against other cover songs. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, Mike Massey. Still waiting for him to come to the Northeast, New York area. Yeah. You'll see him, but... He follows us on Twitter now. He follows the Paunch Stevenson wow. show on Twitter. Um, Which is twitter.com slash Paunch Stevenson. Yeah, but there's never anything on that. Uh, other than the episodes. You know, I... Because you don't... You never use it. You could use it. Why would I use it? I have my own. Well, I don't know. I, I don't know. Uh, I have nothing to say. Hermit. Other than, I mean, everything I have to say, I say it on the podcast. I say it here on the podcast. Anyway, so... Is Esteban on Twitter? I don't, I don't no, think right? so. Just Facebook. So what I was going to bring up was, this is my new favorite new band. And I made you listen to all the songs. Yeah, that's right. Yes. Called Rodriguez. Late... No, not Rodriguez. Not He's not new anyway. He's ancient. It's called Lake Street Dive. That's right. And so basically, these these, these four people, um, they're from all areas of the country, but they all went to the New England Preparatory Academy or something in Boston. Uh, which is like a sophisticated, essentially like music college, I guess. Right. And uh, they met there, and they started a band, and they all moved to Brooklyn. And they've been there ever since. And so these guys have been trying to, you know, get noticed for ten years. <laughs> it, was, it doesn't even make any sense. Right. Uh... <clears throat> Now, one of the issues they had was their lead singer, her name is Rachel Price from Tennessee. She was on a different label than the rest of the band, so they had to wait for that to end before they could come out with a new, uh, this big, you know, new album called Bad Self Portraits, which just came out. Um, I mean, this, again, with so little you know, that that's out there, new music that's any good, and then these people come around, and it is, it's unbelievable. Now, they started doing a lot of covers. I saw them on YouTube doing cover songs. They do, like, Fleetwood Mac covers and some Jackson 5, Paul McCartney, you know, etc. And, um, you know, and now they, uh, you know, they, they've... They've done some of their own music, but this one is is all of their own music. And I'm listening to this album, 
And it's it's got like a very like a '60s vibe and an '80s vibe, and and it's it's so many different things packed into one. And I'm listening to this thing, and I'm like, you know, I listen to one song, and I'm like, oh, this this is the best song that they've done. Oh no, 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 this one is. I mean, there's there's 11 songs on this thing, but at least six or seven of them are really really good. Yeah. I mean, it's unbelievable. So I've known about them for a while, and I wanted to go see them, like, in New York or something. And I was going to go last year, and uh, nobody wanted to go, and that was sold out, blah, blah, blah. So I was going to go again this year. Uh, they were playing at the Beacon, I think. or No, the Bowery. Bowery Ballroom. Yeah. But unfortunately, oh, I guess good for them, like, overnight... Though the tickets got bought up because they were on the Colbert show, and then they were on Letterman, and then they were on the Ellen show. So they've they've kind of blown up a little bit. Yeah. They've hit the big time. That's it. You're yeah. never going to be able to see them again. Well, I'd still be able to see them, but, uh... you know, the scalpers come in with their, you know, ripping people off. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, so, uh, I'll play, you know, play some of their songs in this, in this episode. Hopefully, well, the whole thing is, yes, I can go and see them, but I want to be able to, like, meet them in person, maybe get a picture with them, blah, blah, blah. And I don't know that they do that anymore. <laughs> yeah, I think you missed your window. Ah, damn it. Well, there is one show that they're supposed to do in June, which is an outdoor show. It's just, like, folk kind of festival. And if I go to that, then maybe I'll, you know, be able to talk to them there because... They're they're not the only act, right? You know, so unless they just leave, 
be able to do it there. But it's, I'm telling you, this, is, this band is great. Their songs are great. They're the new favorite new band of the Punch Stevenson show. <laughs> okay. Yes. They've replaced Rodriguez. No! Well, hey. They, they can coexist. Yes, I know. But I'm saying the new favorite. That doesn't mean they're the only favorite. Oh, all right. Yeah. New favorite with right. Mike Massey and and others. Custard pie. <laughs> Custard pie. Yeah, I never. Yeah, I never actually got to see them. Oh well. So uh, what, what was the name of the band again? Lake Street Dive. Lake Street Dive. Oh no. Are you going? I can't get tickets to the lake on my street. Oh, please. Lake Street Dive. <laughs> okay, Alright, I'll stop. Uh, Everything is Sugar Man. <laughs> apparently. Um, Alright, so uh, what do you got now? A couple things. So, I had never... So, this movie came out in 2004. Yeah. And and everybody was raving about how how um technologically amazing it was. It was this breakthrough in computer animation. This the the, the graphics were so lifelike and realistic. Sometimes you couldn't even tell you were watching computer animation. It looked so much like real life. I never got around to seeing it because I thought it was stupid. But it was called the Polar Express. Right, right. That was, I believe that was a Robert Zemeckis movie. Yeah. So everybody was going nuts for this thing ten years ago. Oh my god, the most beautiful, lifelike computer animation ever invented. It's It'll blow your mind. So it was on TV the other night, and I was watching it for a few minutes, and the graphics stunk. It was like a Dreamcast game. Well, it wasn't lifelike at all. Like the seriously, why, this is a major motion picture. The texturing was terrible. The animation was terrible. The yeah, graphics was, were. Huh? I don't think that was. I don't recall that being being billed as lifelike. People were. It looked were, like a the Coke commercials. People with the were stupid going crazy. Were raving about these amazing graphics, and I finally watched it, and it was a joke. <laughs> So anyway, so there was that. Mm. Um, I have a a new invention. Okay. So you know how if if you have a mouse, if, if there's a mouse in your house, there's a mouse in my house, and you want to catch the there's mouse. A tree on my house. You want to no. <laughs> You want to catch the mouse. Yeah. There are many different odds. There's a glue trap. There's the old-fashioned 100-year-ago mouse trap. There's okay. a, the, the box that, there's, that they supposedly crawl in and can't get out. Yeah. Several different options. So, no matter which option I were to choose, I have to... Mm-hmm. Either set the trap or put the glue trap so like like put it behind the cabinet or behind. Bibbidi bobbidi boo! Come on. Right, you put it behind something and you leave it there and eventually hope that the mouse walks on it and gets trapped. Mm. So I have a better idea. 
Why yeah. can't there be something that instead of leaving the traps hidden throughout the house and hopefully one day the mouse gets caught, what if you see the right? Like if I'm if I'm at home and I see a mouse crawl across the room. I can take a mouse trap and throw it at it, and it traps the mouse <laughs> like right there on the spot, like a, a a throwable mouse trap. Oh God, that would be so much better. I don't see how. Why not? Uh, have you ever seen a mouse? They move really fast, and they can jump very high. Eh. Good luck catching it. Not, not, forget about throwing something at it. Even dumber. All right, well, that's my idea for an invention. Terrible idea. So somebody can work on that. And then, uh, does Leonard Nimoy have a disease? Well, he has what is called COPD. What is that? Uh, he was smoked for all those years, so he has, like, shortness of breath. Gets tired, whatever. But he's okay. Yeah, it seems like it. Oh, all right, because I read that somewhere, and I thought he was... Can you hear this? Help me! Get me out of here! My God! This man's not dead! He's not dead. He's not dead. This man is not dead. I'm not dead. Leonard Nimoy. Uh, The other thing, I have a a music-related... I also have a music-related thing. Mm. So, I don't know if you heard of this guy, but it's like... I think maybe from a couple years ago or a year ago or something, but his name is Mark Martell. M-A-R-C and then last name M-A-R-T-E-L. Like Rick the Model Martell? Yeah. And he sounds exactly like he's a singer. He's like this amateur young singer. And he posted some videos on YouTube and he sounds exactly like not. Oh, yeah, he sounds pretty much like. No, I'm telling you, he is a reincarnation voice of Freddie Mercury from Queen. Wow. That's got to be impressive. He was one of a kind. I know. <laughs> I'm telling you, he said, if you ever look him up on YouTube. Mark Martell, I'm telling you, he sounds it's it's crazy. He was on the Ellen DeGeneres show because she couldn't believe it. She had to get him on the show. He's been on other TV shows, and he just gets up to the piano and plays a Queen song and sings it, and it's like literally Freddie Mercury. It's crazy. Wow. Um, I guess this is him. Is is this the bodybuilding guy? Uh, I don't think so. Oh, okay. It's, it's uh, that's why it's uh, it's M A R T E L. There's only one L. Yeah, this guy looks like Freddie Mercury. <laughs> I know. Are you sure he's not related to him? Uh, I don't think he is. <laughs> he, he he looks just like him. I know. Can anybody fight? 
day of my life I worked like my bones at the end I take home my heart and faith all alone I go down on my knees and I start to pray till the tears run down from my So, so you know how um, uh, Journey got that Steve Perry sound alike? Yeah, the Philippine guy. Yeah, the lead vocalist, and then so now Queen can go back on tour with this Freddie Mercury sound alike. Yeah, they should get him. And, and well, the, the the problem is they've been touring with that idiot Adam Lambert. Yeah, why? I don't know. Ah. Anyway, all right. So, what do you have? Um. Let's see. Oh, I was going since we talked. We talked to Ed Begley. Um, I finally watched the uh, fourth "quote unquote" season of Arrested Development. Yes. So, so uh, I, yeah, I watched that too. I think I have one episode left. I think it was four, fifteen. I think I went through fourteen of them. Um, I liked it. I was I was laughing quite a bit at it. I thought, you know, they got all the actors back and yeah. But yeah. Basically, all right, so basically the format is um almost every episode was like a backstory of each of the main char- of each of the characters. Right. And it was like they would build one onto the other, like some crazy thing would happen, they'd be like, well, no, what caused that to happen? And they would build the backstory of the next person, and then you would see that oh, they caused that to happen, or this to happen, and so it kind of builds onto each other. They're kind of going back, I guess, five years and telling the stories and and trying to build up to this crescendo of of madness. My problem with it, I'm 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 a very big Arrested Development fan. When the show was on, I have all the DVDs, and it's great. I love it. I love the, those original three seasons, especially the first two. My problem with the new Netflix episodes is they're, like you said, they're funny. I just felt like 
so much was being squeezed into each episode. It was it was too rapid fire. Yeah, but they were repeating the stuff over and over again as they went to each person's backstory. So, yeah. you know, like for instance, they were they were doing the sweat lodge thing or whatever that was out in the middle of nowhere where they had to build the wall or something. Right. But they they covered that over so many episodes. Yeah. You know, and also there's a, there's also like a mini uh, arc with Ron Howard, right? Oh yeah, and, right. Where, yeah, where, with, but, and uh, Jason Bateman. Yeah, but Ron Howard was it was so badly acted on his part. I mean, <laughs> I know he's a director, but he, did he forget to act? <laughs> Maybe he was doing it on purpose. It's terrible. But I so I feel like the the original seasons had a had such a good flow to them. And good pacing yeah. and good timing. And then I'm watching these new Netflix episodes and it's like, okay, here's a Tobias episode. Mm. So Tobias was walking down the street and then he ran into this woman and then he saw yeah. an acting <laughs> class and he went into the acting class and he took the woman with him. But then it turned out the woman was a drug addict. So then he left the acting class and took the woman home. And, and I'm like, whoa, slow down. Slow I know, down. but then they, they would get more in depth into that in, in further episodes. I know, but it was just like ah, yeah. just. Uh. But they definitely did have too many, too much voiceover from Ron Howard. He's explain having to explain too much. Yeah, and and as I know, it's a very silly show and it's a very yeah. quirky show. But I felt like some of it was a little even even a and and a, a silly quirky show has to be somewhat believable and realistic. And it starts off with the Jason Bateman character living in his son's college dorm room. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, uh, I know that Michael Bluth was supposed to be a little bit sometimes of a loser and a little bit sometimes pathetic, but that was just too unbelievable. I know, it was funny. I it know. was silly, yeah, it was silly. Tobias was really funny, you know, they went to India and... You know, he gets caught on the To Catch a Predator show. And... <laughs> right. Liza Minnelli was really funny. Yeah. yeah. Um, though, oh, and then they had Jeff Garland. What? No, what? At Jeff Garland, and <laughs> I don't know what the hell happened, but at some point, Jeff Garland was trying to, to climb into this window in the middle of the night. I don't know if it was new or they literally lifted it from Curb Your Enthusiasm, but as he was stuck in the window, the Curb Your Enthusiasm <laughs> theme was playing. Oh, yeah. It was definitely a reference to Curb Your Enthusiasm. That was funny. The one thing that I noticed immediately was uh, Lindsay. Oh, yeah. Played by um, Portia de Rossi. Yeah. Um, I didn't even recognize her. I didn't. I. I. When I. When they first showed her in like the second or third episode, I said to myself, "Did they recast her? Because this is not the same person." I know. I think part of the reason was they had. They had. She was wearing a wig. A couple of different wigs, mm. but in, in the start of the season, she was wearing a blonde wig, and then they she cut her quote cut her hair to very short. And so I think that for whatever the reason, that, that blonde wig looked so strange on her that it just looked, it didn't look like her yeah. anymore. Now what are you sending me?
Well, just to see what we're talking about. Oh, some plastic surgery they're accusing her of having? Well, look at the difference. Yeah, it's definitely, um... Like, it, it, it's, it's seriously like a different person. Well, she's definitely aged. But the one on the left is before, is younger. I know. The one on the right is like, I don't know, it's like her face is too smooth or something. Yeah, yeah, she had very, like before, she had, she definitely had a fuller face. She had like very high cheek, cheekbones, uh, big lips. She looked good. Yeah, I don't know what happened there. She just, yeah, she just turned really weird looking. Yeah. Yeah, she did, she did not look the same anymore. I don't know, I, I don't know how to explain it. She just didn't look, I mean, Jason Bateman does not age. <laughs> the man does, he looks the same as when he was on the Hogan family. <laughs> the Valerie's family. It's I know, but not so, so did, uh, Buster and, and uh um, well, I mean, he and, just looks and David Cross. Well, that they just look lousy <laughs> to begin with, right? Bald, yeah, they, yeah, yeah, right. Um, they don't yeah. age because they aged all at once well, ten years ago. Yeah, so I don't know. I I really enjoyed it. I still hope that they make a movie. Yeah, I think a movie yeah. would would work better because. They'd be able to do, like, the entire thing kind of, like, from start to finish without this, like, jumping around, you know, craziness. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, you know, they had all the -the over-the-top stuff, uh, like, before, and... I just feel like it also focused a little too much on George Sr. Not really, though. Played by Jeffrey... No, because it's like, oh, this is a Tobias episode. This is a George Michael episode. This is a Job episode. And then there were like five George Senior episodes in a row. And I'm like, ah, it's uh, enough with the George Senior. I want, I want Tobias. I want Job. And- <laughs> How about Job and, and Ben Stiller? <laughs> oh, the magicians. Yeah. Yeah. Like gay. It was like gay love affair, but they weren't gay. <laughs> the final countdown. <laughs> Anytime I hear that song now, for yeah. the rest of my life, when Job. I hear Europe's The Final Countdown, yeah. I will only ever think of Job and Magicians. And then they had, like, everybody with, like, twins, you know, Andy Richter with the five brothers. Oh, yeah. And... <laughs> Andy Richter. And then, they, and it, oh, that was hilarious. They had Conan, and they had, like, one of the Andy Richter brothers uh, filled in for him. Right. And, and Conan's like, you know, he's like, hey, wouldn't it be funny? And then the guy's like, he's like, hey, yeah, wouldn't it be funny if I chopped your head off? Or <laughs> And Conan's looking at him like, what? The Fantastic Four musical. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Stupid Tobias. Yeah, yeah, it's, it, I thought it was really funny. But Ed Begley was not in this. Uh, he was ridiculous. No, he was not in it with the ridiculous uh, wig and. Um... Are you sure? No, because now I feel really stupid. He did not appear in it. Well, I asked him what it was like appearing in the <laughs> new uh, Arrested Development episodes when we interviewed him. Uh, maybe he didn't didn't register. And he was like, "Oh yeah, I had a great time, and uh, uh, was, everyone was really great." 
No, he was. I don't remember. I have one episode to go, and he was not in any of the other ones. Really? Well, now I feel like a fool. I like how they had the uh, they had the um, the flashback stuff. Yeah. Or it was like a supposed to be like a TV show or something, and they had Seth Rogen playing uh, George Senior, right? And Kristen Wiig playing uh, Lucille. Yeah, right. Lucille one, I guess. Yeah. Versus Lucille two. Yeah, that was uh, that was funny. Um, Alan Tudyk was a guest star. Carl Weathers. Yeah, well, he was in Hen- the old ones too. Yeah, Henry Winkler, of course. <laughs> yeah. Um. <clears throat> oh yeah, Jeff Garland. I said, uh, no, it says Ed Begley as Stan Sitwell, but yeah, I know. I don't remember him. Yeah, this says Netflix's Los Angeles premiere of season four of Arrested Development, Ed Begley Jr. Like a, a picture of Ed Begley Jr. in front of the background. I don't know. I, I'm looking at this is Wikipedia. Um. Oh, well, his daughter was played by Christine Taylor, uh, who's the wife of Ben Stiller. Yeah. I guess on the episode two, it says um, George Senior is mainly using the property to prevent the land from going to possession of Stan Sitwell. Yeah. Maybe I just forgot that I I don't remember seeing him in there. I yeah yeah he was in it. If he was, it was only one episode. Maybe, but he was in it. I looked this up. Stan Sitwell, season four. Uh, I guess this is it here, yeah. He <laughs> was wearing his ridiculous, like, red wig with the fake red eyebrows and... Yeah. I don't know. No, I don't think this is. No, this is season two. What? Stan Sitwell, season four. Says, while aboard the Queen Mary immediately sells his shares to Lucille Ostero. He falls overboard with the rest of the guests and loses his wig. (laughs) Why don't I remember seeing this? I don't know. It It says his last appearance was in... The episode Borderline Personalities. Yeah, it said he was in the first one or two episodes, but I don't remember this. The second episode of Arrested Development's fourth season, Ed yeah. Begley Jr.'s final appearance. So he was. So I was right. So I'm not stupid. I don't feel like an idiot. I'll have to rewatch it. Uh, maybe I didn't. I missed it. Oh well. Ed Begley. Yeah. Is that it? That's it for me. All right.